0: Welcome to this week's edition of the MindShift Movement and today I've got the great privilege of talking to Liesl Tom, who's a master transformational life coach as well as a journalist, a media training consultant, as well as a TV personality. Some of you will know her from the TV show Opma Aish and Fetkans. She has also co-hosted a very well-known podcast on Cliff Central called Beyond Ears and Eyes. Liesl, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so excited to speak to you because I just know we're going to have a great, great conversation, leaving us probably with many more questions and probably the need to do another podcast. How are you? (laughs) Getting ahead of ourselves. Oh, hello,
1: Julia. It is such a A privilege to be here, and it's it's fun to be on the other side of the microphone for for a while to be the one, um, you know, being interviewed. Because, as as a media practitioner, it's always easy to ask questions of other people, but it's you have to become vulnerable to Mm. answer questions about yourself. And I am in a space where I am ready to get vulnerable and to get honest and authentic and I'm looking forward to this
0: conversation. I think many of us are being pushed into that direction where we really have to look deeper and like you said become vulnerable and actually be honest with ourselves and sometimes when we take the stance of like you said you're the one being questioned today or being interviewed maybe we find out more about you or you dig deeper or there's something else that comes out that isn't always clear when we're always playing that special role or wearing that specific hat. Tell me a little bit more about you, who you are, what you've been up to so that people can get to know you, Little Tom, a little bit more.
1: Julia, my main focus in life is stories. As a journalist, as a media practitioner, I help people tell their stories because every single one of us has a story. And we can learn from other people's stories and it helps us to heal when we tell our stories. So so as, as a media practitioner, I help people to tell their stories. But as a coach, I help people retell the stories they tell themselves about themselves because we all have this narrative in our mind that this is who I am and this is what my life is about and these are the things that happened to me and that is why I am the way I am but we don't we don't realize how much power we have to reframe that story and change that narrative completely to make it a beautiful story, instead of the very often depressing, negative, and uh, sorry for me stories that we tell ourselves.
0: Mm. You're so right. Almost as if we're stuck like a record in who we are or think we are. Absolutely. You know, Julia,
1: my teacher always says that we as humans are very similar to computers. We are biological computers. When you buy a computer, it comes pre-programmed with certain programs, and then you load the programs you want to use it for onto it. Now, we as humans, when a baby is born, it also comes pre-programmed. And the field of epigenetics is starting to prove that we inherit Limiting beliefs. We also inherit the good stuff, of course, but we inherit the beliefs our parents had. And then that child is programmed not intentionally but by accident because we don't know what we're doing. We we are still learning what this game of life is about. And that is one of the things that you and I set out to talk about today are the, the rules of engagement to make life more fun and easier.
0: That's what we're all after, <laughs> more fun and, <laughs> and easier life. And and I think at the moment it doesn't feel very easy. I mean, if we're not dealing with technological issues, we have to push ourselves to get beyond our survival, our fear of survival. We have to look after ourselves body, mind and spirit, a healthy lifestyle. There's so we're sitting in a situation of information overload. So, I mean, where do we even begin to make sense of what makes us happy? What are the laws of do we wait? Do we take action? You know, how are we going to raise a child? These are all very big questions. But tell me for yourself, because we're talking about stories, how do you decipher for yourself? Okay, now is the time for action or now is the time to wait or what makes you happy? How do you approach this from a simple point of view? Well,
1: I am trained as a Martha Beck life coach. And I don't, Julia, I don't know if you know who Martha Beck is, but she... She was probably one of the first people to get this label life coach. And you know, there's so many, Mm. so many negative connotations attached to, to the word life coach. But Martha Beck was one of the pioneers in this field. And she developed this idea she called a body compass. Our bodies. Know what we need, and it gives us signals. You know that gut feel you've been had having mm. since a child. That signal from your body to say yes or no. And Martha has developed a, a way, and she taught us how to to tune in to that body compass. So I literally listen to my body because you know, Julia, our minds are always busy and. Very often, more than not, our minds are lying to us, but our bodies cannot lie. If you know anything about, uh, I think it's the field of kinesthetics. I'm not an expert in it. They mm-hmm. show mm-hmm. you that your body, when you hold a truth, your body stands strong. But the moment you bring a lie into it, your body cannot hold its truth. It cannot stand strong. So you cannot hold your arm out strong. So when we realize that our bodies cannot lie, and we start tuning into those signals that we get, then it's easy to know what is the right path for you. Now, I'll I'll give you a quick hint how to tune into it. When you are um, in in a quiet space, Give yourself some grace. Close your eyes and go to your worst experience ever. And the person that you have the most conflict with or the person that you dislike the most or the person that makes you feel the least worthy in the world is watching this episode with you, this worst memory, and laughing at you. Notice what it does in your body. For most people, it kind of causes a knot here in the pit of their stomachs. But notice what is Mm. your specific signal. Then come out, shake it out, and accept my apologies because this is not a, a pleasant experience. But then go do the fun one. The fun one is you go to your best ever memory. And the person you love the most in the world is standing next to you, putting his or her arm around your shoulder, pulling you in and saying, hey man, I'm so proud of you. Feel what that does to your body. You know, for most people, that's a a tingling sensation somewhere. That is your body's way of saying, yes, I want more, I want more. The other one, of course, is, no, this is not right for me. This is not right. This is not going to take me where I need to go. So so listening to those signals in your body
0: gives you an idea quickly, yay or nay. Hmm. So this is almost as if setting up a trigger for yourself so that you know what it feels like when something is not good and you know what it feels like when something does feel good so that you can recognize the, those signals
1: it's making you aware of it because we run most of most of the time we just run on autopilot and we all feel these signals from our bodies from time to time but we are never taught to pay attention to them and to become aware of them so when you sit and you you do this little exercise you make your subconscious mind aware of what is yes for my body and what is no for my body. So that that autopilot that we all just run on all the time can become a little bit interrupted and you can become aware of what it is
0: that you want to do. Because you make a very valid point. I think that emotionally or spiritually or even on a mental level, if we just like physically change one single thing, just a little thing, it can actually have quite a big ripple effect. I always tell people that, you know, losing weight is not a massive change that one needs to make. For some people, yes, but for most, it's small little habits that one changes. And I think that's what you're trying to say as well. In order to become more observant, to change things little by little will give us then the longevity of actually changing patterns, changing beliefs That it's not happening instantaneously always, but can actually for the long run, give us quite a big success for the long run so that we can actually make those changes. I think, do you think that maybe people are a little bit impatient with themselves when it comes to change? I think they are indeed. Impatience is, uh, it's a curse of our time, Julia.
1: You know, this instant gratification, I want to be thin and gorgeous and filthy rich and I want it right now. Um, And we think it's going to happen like that. And then when it doesn't, like it's supposed to not happen, then we get despondent and we say, but the universal laws, the law of attraction doesn't work. To create any change, you need to be, first of all, you need awareness. You need awareness of what you are doing to oppose that change. But you also need to know where it is you want to go and then repetition, 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 repetition. Our minds are like that image of the iceberg that most of us are familiar with, with the conscious mind being the t- tip that sticks out and the subconscious mind, the bulk of the iceberg here under the water. And our subconscious mind is immensely immensely powerful but it has no discernment it doesn't know right from wrong what we want it doesn't it cannot distinguish what it is that we want unless we give it very clear instructions this is what i want and our subconscious mind wants to serve us but it needs repetition to create those habits. you know if you if you have a, a glass sheet and you take a, a pin and you scratch on that glass sheet, the more you scratch, the more pronounced that mark will become. Now our neural pathways are like that. The more we repeat, the more we scratch in that glass pane, the deeper those connections become and the easier it becomes. And then that becomes
0: our autopilot. And do you think that we as humans are able to change? Because sometimes I question whether we're not just <laughs> made in a certain way and we're trying, and yet sometimes it feels so difficult and sometimes it feels like we're getting somewhere and then you're like in that pattern all over again I feel that maybe there's certain things we do have control over and maybe there's certain things that we maybe need to embrace and accept. What is your viewpoint on that? I agree with you that there are some
1: things that you have no control over, but you have absolute control over what goes on in your mind. And to answer your question, yes, we can change. I am a living person. Proof of that. Julia, if you had met me fifteen years ago, or in school, let's let's take Liesel in school, I was desperately unhappy. I didn't like anyone because I didn't like myself mm. and the world was against me. And I decided one day, this is not serving me. It's 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 really I don't want to be here, I don't want to live like this. And I set out to change. And the more I changed, the more my reality changed, the more my life changed, the more the people's response to me changed. They didn't change, I changed. And that is where our ultimate power lies. You can change only yourself. You cannot change other people. So when you are in conflict with other people, you can change yourself. You have no control over what they do. But the more we change, and this is what I've experienced in my life, the more the people around us miraculously
0: seem to change with us. (laughs) That's so true. And that is, I think, what makes that uncomfortable space actually so rich. We all don't want to be unhappy or be sad or depressed or feel upset, but we don't actually make a move until we are upset or unhappy or fat or not not in a good space anymore. We leave it too long. Yet we fear it so much. Yet there's so much gold that can come out of us being there because it's like you said, we decide this is not for us anymore. We want something different. Is there a way, do you think, that we could make changes without getting to that uncomfortable state? Or do you think that is just being human? No, no, no.
1: One of the rules of engagement of this life is there are two ways of learning. But the default human way of learning any life lesson is through pain and fear. That is the way we come into this world. That's part of the setup of this reality that we play in. When you master it, when you you become aware of it and you start playing with it, you realize there is a different way, but that takes a lot of awareness and attention and the other way I'll I'll, uh, the other way of learning lessons is through love but love comes softly Mm. Julia you know when you have that divine inspiration it's like just a little tap on your shoulder and if you ignore it that's it's gone if you're very lucky you might get a second tap on your shoulder but If you still ignore it, then pain and fear is going to come in and smack you upside the head because if that is a lesson that you have to learn, that is a lesson you're going to learn. So this duality Mm. in, in this reality is part of how we learn. The pain and the fear Are not pleasant. Let's let's not let's not kid ourselves. It's not a pleasant experience. But when we can see it for what it is, then we start to appreciate how much value there is in there. Years ago, someone very close to me went through a very traumatic divorce, and this person came to stay with me for a couple of months, and I watched the process of mourning. And one day, I realized that there is a profound beauty in pain. And I thought, that's a very strange thought to have. There's no beauty in pain. Pain is disgusting, and we don't want it. And I heard this little thought coming up again, there's a profound beauty in pain. And I started watching, and I started watching in my own life too. And yes, while it is in the moment, not pleasant, to undergo pain and fear. There is something magical in it that moves us from where we are to where we want to be.
0: Wow. And it reminds me of this interview that Roger Federer had with somebody. And he was saying that, you know, let's take a Grand Slam final like Wimbledon or one of the opens. And he said, there's a tremendous amount of pain <laughs> involved in a final like that. There are, you know, they are there are valleys and there are peaks in a tennis match that can last over six hours. And no player will actually stay in a valley or stay in a peak. And if you watch the greats, that's how it goes. Then one is up, then one is down. And he said, and you just have to learn to embrace the pain and embrace the valleys and the peaks and then see what comes out at the end. One will be the winner and one will come second. It doesn't matter. You will still go through that equal pain. It's how you deal with it. It's how you reframe it. It's how you embrace it.
1: One of the rules of this existence is you are going to have pain. You are going to experience pain. It is not negotiable. Even if you only stub your toe once in your life, that pain is comparable to someone waking up from a car crash with all the bones in their body broken. Because there's no comparison. My pain is bigger than your pain. It, that, it doesn't work like that. Pain is pain, but suffering is optional. We are all going to have pain. Suffering is how we think about that pain. So this interview Fed, Federer did, and he said, you just have to embrace the pain. That is, that is the, easy way of dealing with it because when you start telling yourself stories about the pain and you create suffering around it, then you cause even more harm and pain and unpleasantness in your body. So accept it. We are all going to have pain. We don't have to tell ourselves stories about that. We don't have to go create a future, you know, because that is what fear is. Fear is imagining a future, an unpleasant future, and then starting to attach to that image and fearing that that is going to come true. That is suffering. You don't have to do that. I saw that with my mother who um, had, uh, she passed from cancer four years ago. She was in tremendous pain. She, You could see in her face she was in tremendous pain. But I said to my dad, she's not suffering. She's not telling herself stories about it. She's not pitying herself. She's not saying, I don't
0: deserve this. She is just accepting the pain. That is so significant and actually a lot for somebody to take in because it's yet so simple but so difficult sometimes especially when we find ourselves in a victim state
1: mm-hmm. a victim state again is a story that we tell ourselves and we have the power to reframe that narrative to look at ourselves from another angle and to tell a story where we are the victor but that is our choice and you know Julia that this is one of the things that i find fascinating, and I'm so passionate about it, is we don't know that we have this choice. We are not taught that we can make these changes if we put our minds to it.
0: And that's um, what Byron Katie so beautifully explained when she talked about the questioning. And she talks about questioning Mm. everything that you believe in. And that's what your website also said, said that you drove your parents insane because you were constantly questioning everything. And I think if people take the stance of questioning their own beliefs, is this true? Is this absolutely true? Does he really not care? Am I really the victim? Am I really stuck? Is there really no way out? You know, I feel that that shifts one into a different space immediately if you are open for that. But this reframing can... Happen almost instantaneously. I see it with myself. I see it with my clients. It, if one is taught it and you practice it, I think it will make life and that suffering much easier. Absolutely.
1: You know, a, th- a thought is just that. It's just a thought. We do not have to commit to that thought. If you have a thought and we look, look, let me not for one moment pretend that it's all unicorns and rainbows and and moonshine and roses, and I never have any negative thoughts. That's absolute nonsense. Of course, we all have negative thoughts, but I have learned and I've trained my subconscious mind to allow a thought to just be a thought and not follow it like that train of thought all the way to Cape Town. I allow thoughts to go through the, the, the train station of my mind, if you will, if you want to use this analogy, but I don't chase them and I question them. I, if I have a thought that doesn't sit well in my body, if I have a thought that makes my body tell me, maybe this one is not for you, then I question it because we are allowed to question. In fact, we should. We are encouraged to question every thought and decide which ones we're going to keep and which ones we are going to
0: let go. Self-empowerment, many people are willing Mm. to take that on, others not so much. But like you said, we're all on a journey and none of us really know the rules. None of us know what we're supposed to be doing. We're here, we're following some sort of guidance that we can feel and we learn as we go. And sometimes we need a few repetitions Or cycles of something in order for it to click in and for us to say, aha, yes, (laughs) not doing that again. But I guess that's why life is so interesting because we do have the chance almost of a redo sometimes. Yes, we do. And it's,
1: you know, it's like a spiral. Those issues that we, we thought we had dealt with a previous time, we walk past them again and we get a different insight into them. I love. The patterns in life, because it, if when you when you start looking for the patterns, you see how intricately woven all our thoughts, our reality, our inter realities are. I mean, your reality and my reality—they are—they are beautiful patterns that overlap. That we have the same ideas, and then there are there are thoughts that you have that I don't have that. I can learn from because we can all learn from each other. And that is one of the, the 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 rules of engagement. You know, Julia, we walk past beggars and we think mm, they are not necessarily contributing to society. That's not true. They have a contribution to society. Every single person on this planet is here for a reason. And That doesn't take away from the fact that you and I and the next person has a role to play. We cannot fold our hands and say, there are
0: so many other people, I can just rest on my laurels. Wow. And I mean, the game is always the same, whether you're the CEO or a beggar on the street. Life is about love and give and take and boundaries. And like you said, to be there for each other. That is why I started this podcast, you know, Liesl. I wanted a platform again where one could really talk, where one could share stories, where one could help each other maybe. And even if this helps just one person, I think then you and I have reached a success already. I agree with you. And it's also,
1: there's a saying, and I'm I'm not 100% sure who it is that says it. It could be Martha Beck. But there's a saying that the soul loves to hear what it already knows. And when we talk about the things of spirit, the the technicalities of living this life, we are reminding our souls of things that it has forgotten, because the way I see it, and I'm not saying this is an ultimate truth. I I don't decide for other people how to see things, but the way I see it, when we come into this world as spirits in a physical form, we forget everything we leave on the other side. And then we come into these magnificent biological vehicles that first we need to learn how to operate and then we need to learn how to navigate our, our our way through this world. But we always have that golden strand and if we tap into it, it can remind us of what we know on the other side. I don't know, if, if, does that make sense? It, sometimes I think these thoughts I have are...
0: Just a dream. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. I think we do get reminders. I do believe that there is this imaginary map or this map that we have inside us. Like you said, our body is guiding us or our intuition is guiding us or our dreams are guiding us. I do believe that we have help. I believe that there is a plan, a very structured plan. And I think the more we hand over, the more we surrender, the more we just go with that flow, that feeling, and we don't push so hard, the more we actually do get the guidance. We do feel where we're meant to be at. And I feel this world, this life, This game that like you like to call it has like any other TV game, you know, if you play Xbox or PlayStation, let's say you're meant to go into a certain, you know, conflict situation there on this Xbox game. And then just before the conflict, you pick up the right gun or you get the right arrows or whatever and the game provide you with that, I do believe that the world or the universe or what we're actually here to do provides us with the tools if we are willing to look for them or are aware enough to see the patterns or the clues, whatever you want to call them. And that's what makes life fun if you start living like that. That's how I like to look at it.
1: I fully agree with you. I mean, once you start realizing that there are always tiny little clues, all these divine little inspirations. Then you start moving into a space of being of learning through love. Remember I said earlier, there there are two ways to learn. It's pain and fear and that's the default. But not everyone gets to the space where they pay enough attention to notice those little hacks that we can
0: learn through love for sure. Liesl, I think that you have such a unique and beautiful point of view. I feel that you probably have so much more to give. And it was just such a beautiful experience to share this half an hour with you. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for giving me your time and allowing us to listen to how your point of view looks like. And I just want to mention to everyone that I will actually link all of Liesl's information in the description for those who want to follow her, want to know more, want to connect with her. Thank you so much for everything that you've done for us. It was really a beautiful and inspirational half an hour. I thank you for that.
1: It's been such an honor and a privilege. I had so much fun. Thank you, Julia.